us all stand, and we'll start off with a word of prayer. Uh, Brother Beavers, would you open us with prayer, please? Amen. Let's all take your hymnals. Turn to hymn number 30. Hymn number 30, nothing but the blood.
There's just no telling who I would be if not for grace. I could be locked up in jail, have no future, no story to tell. No, I so would be crying from hell if not for grace. If not for grace, I would still be. Forgiveness I'd never known if not for grace. There'd be no hope of heaven above. I wouldn't know the words for God so loved. I know my life would be unheard of if not for grace. If not for grace, I would still. So um, <clears throat> normally uh, on Sunday mornings we recognize birthdays, things like that with the staff, um, but we're headed out of town uh, this week, uh, so we'll not be here this weekend, and Lalo's birthday's on Tuesday, and I like to acknowledge birthdays before the fact in case they want to go on their birthday and spend the money that we're going to give them. So Lalo, how old are you going to be? 24. <laughs> Well, this ought to get you something at Toys R Us, okay? There you go. We love you, and we thank God for you. And uh, so, praise the Lord. This is October, and I don't know if, it, if you can hear me. Uh, this is October, and October is Pastor Appreciation Month. 
And again, with Preacher and his wife being out of town uh, this next week, uh, we wanted to give it, give it to them early and Lavish as well. So if you guys would both come up here, and if Mrs. Metzinger would come up here. And uh, I was uh, actually thinking about it earlier this uh, week in, uh, about Pastor Appreciation <laughs> Month. And I grew up in a pastor's home, and um, so I know at least some of the ins and outs of, of that kind of home, and uh, it's not always easy. And uh, so we just want you to know that we thank you and appreciate all that you guys do very much. And we really do believe that the Lord has the right people here uh, at the right time. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate that. It's an honor to get to serve here. And uh, thank God um, that we get we get to serve here and that we get uh, Lalo and Miss Caitlin alongside us uh, has been a real blessing and I told brother Lalo the other day I said you know it's really going to be neat when we can settle into a groove we haven't been able to get in a groove yet uh, because we had youth camp and then uh, the unexpected passing of Caitlin's mom and then we've had this repair stuff and so we haven't really got in the groove yet but uh, hopefully that will happen. If not, well, welcome to ministry, right? So um, the teens, you're dismissed at this time. And uh, I do appreciate the teens staying for uh, the special uh, each week because this is uh, kids' night and we like for our young people to use their talents for the Lord. And uh, so, so thankful for that. If you would take your Bibles, turn to the book of Ezekiel. The book of Ezekiel. Uh, there in the Old Testament, if you get to Matthew, you've gone too far. If you're at Psalms, you need to go a little further. All right? Uh, the book of Ezekiel. <clears throat> Been excited about uh, the background on this and looking forward to sharing that with you tonight. It's good to have uh, the crots with us. Uh, Brother Richard and I were at lunch today, which is not an uncommon thing. We like each other's fellowship, and I like to keep tabs on where he's at and what's going on. And so I told him, I said, you need to come tonight uh, just planning to give a testimony. So, Brother Richard, if you can do that at this time, that'd be a real blessing, brother. Thank you. All right. Um, well, we're back for just this week, getting ready to head out again. Um, uh, update for what has happened just these last three weeks we've been in three churches in Colorado uh, and one of them you can be praying is told me they will be voting whether or not to take us on for support tonight so I'm hoping for some good news later on tonight or tomorrow Lord willing uh, you can pray with us for that uh, and the two other churches uh, also told me they'd be in touch regarding that so we're waiting for that but uh, we did have a really good time out there. The Lord blessed, gave us a, a place to relax in between some meetings, and that was a blessing. And then uh, I think it was mentioned a little bit. I'm not sure what all was said, but uh, we were in a missions conference out there, and the church we were with voted to give us uh, $10,000 towards any need that we had, and uh, specifically towards like 
boat or transportation getting over there or truck, something like that. Uh, if we put what was given plus what the Shawnee's given through VBS and stuff like that, I think we have enough to purchase a truck now. So uh, that is a huge blessing to have that, and uh, that'll be probably the biggest need once we get there. And so we're uh, eager, looking forward to that. So be praying. Grandpa's doing some shopping and looking around over there for me right now. So we're uh, trying to see what that's going to look like. The next coming up, uh, we'll be leaving uh, Tuesday or Wednesday uh, next week for missions conference in Iowa. And then from there, we go down. Uh, we've got a part of a missions conference in Missouri, and then I've got a missions month thing in Florida. So we're going to be doing quite a bit of traveling uh, this month. But then after that, right now, our schedule is kind of empty. So uh, we've got a lot of work to do before we can go over. So just be praying with us. Lord will give us whatever meetings we need to be in, but then also that we'll have the time to get what we need to get done done in a good amount of time before we head over. Uh, that's our update. Love you, brother. God bless you. So this is, uh, they're coming to crunch time. They do need our prayers. Um, part of what we do when we sit down and talk is, uh, you know, go through what needs to be wrapped up, what needs to be taken care of. And uh, so uh, if you would be praying as they gather paperwork to file paperwork and uh, then he's got to find some uh, insurance that will evac them out of the country if that would ever become a necessary thing. I told him I wouldn't send him without it. And so uh, if you would just uh, be praying for them as uh, they look to wrap things up. January's still the target uh, to get out of the country. And so uh, we know God can take care of all that. I'm sorry about this, okay? I'm going to own it. That's what I'm going to do. Their button-down collars and the dumb button came off. And I sent them to the cleaners, and I put it on, not thinking anything of it. And then I get here, and someone goes, your collar, your collar. Yeah, that's no button. That's why it does that. So I'm sorry. I apologize about that. I'll get a button on, hopefully a big red one or something, so it'll be obnoxious, and you'll know that I fixed it. It is good for answered prayer. Amen. Miss Kathy sitting back there, I just thank the Lord for answered prayer. And she's sitting next to another prayer person right there. Miss Deanna, if you ever watch her, she's going to have to slow down a little bit. That girl gets going so fast. Um, but it is good to see Miss Kathy here tonight. And sure praise God for his grace to us. If you have heard the story, it could have very easily flipped and gone in a different direction. But our God was gracious to her and to us, uh, and I'm so thankful for the way he takes care of and provides for his children. Uh, so the book of Ezekiel, uh, the book of Ezekiel, if you would join me uh, in chapter 1, you can stay seated tonight, but if you'll turn your attention there, um, chapter 1, verse number 1, says, Now it came to pass in the 30th year, in the fourth month, in the fifth day of the month, that I was among the captives by the river Chabar, that the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. And so uh, the book of Ezekiel is a book of prophecy. And uh, tonight I'm just going to lay some groundwork, some background, if you would, for the book of Ezekiel. And the next week uh, we'll be diving right in. 
I think I mentioned already that uh, there are several different ways that theologians have broke the book of Ezekiel up. Uh, There's parts of it that uh, I would like to spend a night on, and then there's parts of it that can be condensed in several chapters at once. So uh, that's probably how that's going to proceed. And instead of uh, 40, I think it's 42 chapters, instead of 42 weeks of Ezekiel, It'll probably be more in the area of 12 to 15 or so uh, in the book of Ezekiel. So it'll all be uh, building blocks, and hopefully it'll be a blessing to you. And uh, so Ezekiel lived in a time of international upheaval. Uh, Babylonian uh, rule, uh, Babylon ruled under Nebuchadnezzar. It subdued Jerusalem in 597 B.C., now, let's put our thinking caps on. Does that sound familiar? You know, over, like over the last year, or maybe the last year and a half of study that we've done? Like maybe Jeremiah? Yeah? Sure enough, yeah. You come, you come with me, yep. It is, it is. And if you, the studious students that you are, probably on your own, studied the book of Daniel. Right? And so... Uh, Ezekiel and Jeremiah and Daniel are all on the scene basically at the same time. Jeremiah's oldest. Ezekiel comes on, young man. Uh, he's taken into captivity in his 20s. By the time he reaches 30, God deals with him and uh, gets him into giving prophecy for the nation of Israel. And then Daniel uh, is mentioned also. Now, The interesting thing, and of course it's all happening during the same time frame, there's also a minor prophet that's involved here, and it's Zephaniah. So four different prophets all spanning this this time frame. I like to know stuff like that, because to be honest with you, I'm like, I heard that somewhere before. Where did I hear that before? And then now I know that these guys are all dealing kind of in the same time frame, and so that's why for the redundancy, that's why God allows things like that to happen. And so Ezekiel lived in a time of international upheaval, and Nebuchadnezzar, who we know and have read about, uh, was in rule at Babylon, and he subdued Jerusalem in 597 B.C. Jehoiakim's son, Jehoiachin, and about 10,000 Jews, uh, you can read about this in 2 Kings 24, 14, including Ezekiel, were exiled to Babylon. Actually, there was three different movements where Nebuchadnezzar came to Jerusalem and he would like punish the city and then he would take from it uh, the greatest resources. And so on one of those trips, one of the early trips, whether it be the first or the second, he pulls Daniel and Ezekiel out. Now, which one came first is an argument among uh, the theologians, um, but they were both taken out in those Um, movements of captivity uh, that Nebuchadnezzar is placed upon Jerusalem. It's like he goes there as his piggy bank and he takes whatever he wants. He takes the brightest minds and he takes them uh, into Babylon where he might train them and use them to help further his kingdom. Now, Nebuchadnezzar and his successors uh, dominated the international scene until uh, Babylon was crushed by Cyrus the Persian We've heard about Cyrus the Persian in the book of Daniel, uh, and this happened in 539. So this is all starting at 597, 
In 539 BC, Cyrus the Persian shows up and he basically crushes uh, Jerusalem. You remember Jeremiah is telling the people, look, punishment's coming, punishment's coming, punishment's coming, uh, and this is what you need to do, and they refused to do it, and punishment came, destroyed the city, and it's kind of a picture of what's happening here. Israel's monarchy was ended in the city of David, and the Lord's temple no longer existed. They were wiped out 539 B.C. It's interesting to note that sovereign God wanted to be known by his people, and over 65 times the clause or variations of the clause it says, then they will know that I am the Lord. And it's 65 different times that phrase or the equivalent to it is found in the book of Ezekiel. So God's calling his people. He's getting his people's attention. Look, I love you. I care about you. I want you to know God. I want you to know me. I want you to walk with me. I want you to fellowship with me. And of course, the reason they're being punished because they turned their back upon God. They walked away from him. I think of, the, of our nation that we live in tonight. And to be quite honest with you, uh, as an American, I don't want our nation to suffer. But I also realize that we serve a righteous God. And if a righteous God would take his own people, uh, the Jews, and he would subject them to punishment, why wouldn't he subject America to punishment? And we, we watch and we read and we study here throughout the Old Testament. We see that these rulers would come in and they would, they would rob of Jerusalem. They would take the assets thereof, and they would move them over to another place, and they would uh, leave people there just to kind of till the ground and just kind of make use of the resources that's naturally there. Why wouldn't those things maybe come to happen in our lifetime? Why wouldn't we see something like that, where maybe some nation would move into our nation, and the whole time God's trying to get our attention because we are a Christian nation. We were founded as a Christian nation. I don't care what that, uh, that one president said that we weren't ever founded like a Christian nation. I would argue that point. We were founded as a Christian nation. And God does want us back to him. God does want us looking back to him. That's why it's so important. I believe that each child of God would recognize the importance of the life that they live. For some reason, we get sucked into the groove of all that's going on around us, and we think, well, you know, when no one else is standing up for the Lord. I'm just going to fall in the groove. I'm going to enjoy where I'm at like everybody else, because if anyone's going to be punished, we're all going to be punished the same. That's not the mindset that we should have. We ought to have the mindset that maybe, maybe this thing could be turned around if a few of us would stand up for what is right. If we would recognize that there is a holy and a righteous God, and if we'd fall in love with him again, and we'd seek him with our whole heart and our mind and our soul and our being, if we would do these things, maybe it would turn his wrath from our country. Chapters 1 through 24 teach that God will be revealed in the fall of Jerusalem and the destruction of the temple. Chapters 1 through 24. Chapters 25 through 32 teach that the nations will likewise uh, know God through judgments. And so the nations are going to see the judgments of God. They're going to also experience the judgments. So God's going to start with his people. And then he's going to work with those nations around his people that they too might know that there's a God in Israel. And they, they will be judged. 
uh, because of their lack of desire to follow God and to know Him. And then chapters 33 through 48, we have the promise that God will be known through restoration and spiritual renewal of Israel. Here's the great promise. Here's the great message that Israel or that Ezekiel brings to Israel. God's judgment's coming. God's judgment is coming upon the nation of Israel. God's judgment's not only going to come upon the nation of Israel, but it's also going to come upon all those nations around Israel. God's going to bring his judgment. Everybody will feel it. Everybody will know it. Why did, why did Babylon fall? Well, because they were a wicked, wicked city. And God wanted to get their attention. You remember with me the story of Nebuchadnezzar wandering about in the grass with his hair all unruly as an animal, living as an animal. And then the sun that came and took it and uh, all, the, all the punishment that was brought upon them by God. So God loves his people. He's going to judge them. God's going to judge the nations around them. But God doesn't leave them there because God then wants Ezekiel to tell them, look, through restoration... There's going to be a spiritual renewal of Israel. Wow, what a promise. There's going to be a spiritual renewal. Now, to be quite honest with you, I don't know that we will ever see a spiritual renewal in America. We might. I hope so. I know we have the promises of the Word of God, and we need to seek the Lord, and we need to turn to Him, and we need to ask God to intercede on behalf of our nation, and we need to turn from our wicked ways and seek His face But we may never see a spiritual renewal because I think we're on the cusp of the fulfillment of the uh, eschatological timeline where God's going to come back. He's going to call his loved ones out in the rapture, seven years of tribulation. God's going to come back and establish his kingdom for a thousand years where we're going to get to rule and reign with him. I hope my place has a lot of snow. That's all I want. A lot of snow. If it has mountains, that would just make it that much better. Um, But we're going to come back and rule and reign with him. And then there's going to be the great battle of Armageddon. And after that, we're going to find that we we go into all of eternity. We'll have the great white throne judgment. And the books will be open and people will be judged of those things. And eternity will be set. And those who have never named the name of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior will end up in eternal suffering forever and ever and ever. And that's real. That's not make-believe. That's not like a Hansel and Gretel story. It's the truth. They'll suffer for all of eternity. Why are the crops going to leave America to go to Papua New Guinea? Is it because they have nothing better to do than to run around trying to raise some money so that they can take this really nice trip and go to Papua New Guinea? No. It's because there's souls there that need to know about Jesus. And the God's called them to go, and we're going to help them to go to carry the good news of Jesus Christ. And so we find that while Jeremiah was ministering in Judah, Ezekiel was preaching to the Jews, taken captive to Babylon in the siege of Jehoiachim in 597 B.C., and Daniel was serving at the court of Nebuchadnezzar, in Daniel chapter 1, 1 through 7. And so God has three men, three prophets that are all out there serving him, trying to influence the nation of Israel. Ezekiel preached to the Jews in their captivity, 
while Jeremiah was preaching to the Jews in Palestine. Jeremiah, who was the older prophet, and Ezekiel, they never mention each other. Although Ezekiel mentions Daniel three different times. Chapter 14, verse 14. Though these three men, through these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job. Again, in chapter 14 and verse number 20. Through Noah, Daniel, and Job. And again then in chapter 28, in verse number 3. Behold, thou art wiser than Daniel. And so Ezekiel referenced Daniel, although the other two never referenced him. It just kind of proves that they were all functioning at the same time. Ezekiel wrote this book. He had been carried to Babylon with one of the earlier groups of exiles of Judah. Ezekiel was a priest. He was on target to become a priest. All he had to do was wait for his 30th birthday. And where does our reading pick up? He's turned 30 years old. God's placed the call on him. God's turning him from being a priest to a priest prophet. He's called him to minister. Actually, a priest would minister for two years, and then they would be done with their rotation. Not so with Ezekiel. He's going to minister his whole life because he's a priest prophet and called to minister to the exiles. His messages have to do in particular with the sin of Israel as the covenant people of God and also with the reestablishment of the temple at the return of Christ to the earth. He presents a very complete picture of the millennial temple as it will be built in Jerusalem when Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. Now that's interesting, and we want to hold that in the back of our mind as we're reading and studying through the book of Ezekiel. Oh, he's referencing the millennial temple. I know where the millennial temple fits in the prophecy, right? I mean, we should. I just gave it to us, right? It's after, after the tribulation, after the judgment that takes place there, Jesus comes down, he establishes his millennial reign, which is how long? A thousand years. He's going to rule, he's going to reign. And so we'll get a picture of that. We'll get glimpses of that and some understanding of the millennial temple that's going to be established During the first years of the captivity, the false prophets were still saying that the people were going to return to Jerusalem and that the city would not be destroyed. And so, as always happens, uh, there were those false prophets who were saying, oh, it's it's no big deal, Uh, you're going to return to Jerusalem, it's not that big a deal. Uh, The city was not destroyed, even at the time of the second deportation, It was not until around 586 B.C. when Nebuchadnezzar came against the city a third time that he burned and destroyed Jerusalem. Therefore, for a period of about 10 years, these false prophets were saying that the people would return and the city would not be destroyed. Jeremiah had sent a message to Babylon saying that the city would be destroyed. And Ezekiel confirmed his message. He warned the people that they must turn to God before they could return to Jerusalem. When the time came, a very small remnant did return to God, and they returned to Jerusalem very discouraged. As we think about Ezekiel's ministry, uh, we realize that Ezekiel began his ministry five years after he was taken captive uh, at, uh, at and around the age of 30. By the way, Uh, many of the scholars you read after say the really unique thing about the book of Ezekiel is all the dates that are included. 
There's like nine different dates that are included in the 48 chapters. And so it's easier with the book of Ezekiel to kind of establish a timeline of when and how and what's going on. So that's just an interesting tidbit. Uh, In many ways, he spoke in the darkest days of the nation. He stood at the bottom of a valley in the darkest corner. He had to meet the false prophets and the indifference and the despondency begotten in the days of sin and disaster. The people would not listen to his message. Therefore, he resorted to a new method. Instead of speaking in parables, as the Lord Jesus did, he acted out the parables. He actually did some very interesting stunts. Uh, We read in Ezekiel 24:24. Thus Ezekiel is unto you a sign. According to all that he hath done, shall ye do. And when this cometh, ye shall know that I am the Lord God. And so the people wouldn't listen to his words, and so God actually had him act out some, some of the things, some of the parables, if you would, about the judgment that was coming. The message of Ezekiel is the most spiritual of all the prophets because it dealt with particularly with the person of God. Someone said that Ezekiel is the prophet of the Spirit. They also said that Isaiah is the prophet of the Son and that Jeremiah is the prophet of the Father. So it's kind of interesting food for thought as we read through here, maybe looking for spiritual descriptive relationship to the Spirit of God as we read and study through the book of Ezekiel. I want to give you an outline uh, for uh, this book. Richard, would you help me? Uh, an outline available here. Thank you, brother. And it just gives you a, a kind of a way to go through. Maybe you want to begin some study. Uh, you know, if, if you want to begin with chapter one, more than likely that's where we'll be next week. And uh, so we see that it's uh, the the... Number one point, there's three different major points. The, the first major point is the glory of the Lord and the commissioning of the prophet. And it's interesting how that God called the prophets back then. Uh, there's a lot of correlation with the way that he calls his preachers even today. And so I hope that this, uh, this little outline would be something that you just keep in your Bible. And uh, you may pull it out as we study through. Uh, the book of Ezekiel, you may want to start your own personal study in the book of Ezekiel. This might be a help to you, uh, kind of keep you on track with where we're going and what we hope to accomplish here uh, in the next several weeks as we go through uh, the book of Ezekiel. Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you for your blessings to us. We're thankful for uh, the book of Ezekiel, and Lord, uh, uh, we, we do ask that you would give us understanding, give us wisdom. Help us to see how this can fit into our lives. And uh, Lord, although there may not be a direct fit for today, I know it would be interesting to know what's going to happen during the millennial reign, and we think about the millennial temple. And so God, we pray that you would give us understanding and insight. I pray as I would prepare these lessons and these messages, God, that you would give me wisdom to know how to do so, that I might bring honor and glory to you as we uh, would lift up the things that we learn in your word. Help us to grow in grace and knowledge and truth that we might better be able to serve you and better to be able to live for you in these last days uh, before you call us home. Thank you 
for your many blessings. We love you. We ask these things in your blessed name. Amen. Thank you, Brother Richard. Um, so we've got uh, new prayer sheets.